Hello everyone, you're listening to America Meditating Radio. We collect wisdom, inspire each other, and empower hearts on demand 24-7. I'm Sister Jenna, host of the syndicated America Meditating Radio. Join us as we talk one-on-one with leading experts who answer life's most compelling questions. Because in a world of uncertainty, we need answers right here, right now. America Meditating Radio, a show for everyone to learn more about this amazing thing called life. gateway for awakening. 
It's not something to get rid of. Rather, the way we pay attention to self-aversion is actually the ground of the past. And I just looked at him, you're in so much trouble. 
I have no idea what was going to happen. But sure enough, the same night, his friend who was also a partner in his business, I told him, because you guys are going to get into so much trouble. When the feds realize you've kidnapped me, your whole thing has gone down the drain. And they just looked at me. Mm-hmm. And he goes, get her out of here right now. And they just got rid of me. So, Dr. Linka, tell us a little bit about yourself and how it felt when the doctor said you have six months to live and so you better get your affairs in order. Was that a wake-up call or what? Oh, that was a devastating experience. But let me take you back to the beginning on how it came about. Mm -hmm. I was uh, walking with my wife, Lucy, in Disneyland, which is the happiest place on earth, with our youngest daughter. It was late February. It was spring break. And my wife turned to me and she said, what's wrong with you, hon? For the first time in my life, I hadn't said anything wrong. I hadn't done anything wrong. I hadn't even thunk anything wrong. But then she really persisted, what's wrong with you? And I said, I really don't have the faintest idea what you're talking about. She said, listen to your foot. Well, again, something out of the blue that I really didn't understand. But I started walking and my foot had developed a foot drop. And every step I was taking, it was slapping against the pavement. Your brain is programmed so that doesn't happen. Your brain says, lift your foot, and it lifts. And my foot wasn't lifting. So she said, no, have you had a stroke? And I said, no, I don't think so. That's not the way a stroke comes about. And she said, well, when we get back, you better get this checked out. Well, when your wife tells you that, you better listen. So when I got back, I had a CAT scans, I had brain scans, I had scan scans, I had every test known to man. And you know what they showed at the end of the day, Sister Jenna? What? They showed absolutely nothing. The doctors were dumbfounded. They were perplexed. They thought I had a brain tumor or they thought I had some slip disc or something they could nail this down to, but there was nothing there. So I had more and more tests. I had a billion-dollar workup. I had every test that was known and many that were just experimental. Finally, I ended up on the doorstep of a world-renowned neurologist. Neurologists are doctors that are supposed to be able to put these complex problems together. And I walked in, and he said, Oh, hi, Dr. Leica. You better be sitting down when I'm telling you this. I said, What do you mean telling me this? I just have a dropped foot. He said, No, you don't. Mm -hmm. You have ALS, Lou Gehrig's disease, and in six months you're going to be dead. Get your affairs in order. Wow, that was like a ton of bricks hitting me, so I shot back. Can you prove this diagnosis? He said, of course, on autopsy. Wow, Sister Jenna, that was really a thing. So I shot back, well, I'm not going to die to prove you wrong. You know, when you go through a thing like this, you go through grieving, you go through anger, you go through denial, you go through bargaining, you go through depression, you go through all these phases that Elizabeth Kubler-Ross talked about in her book on death and dying. And I went through these, but I think the human body doesn't go through these as phases. You go through these all at once and over and over and over again, you go through them. At the end of the day, I sat down with my wife and I said, what do you think I have? And she said, I haven't got the faintest idea, but you're smart to figure it out. Well, this was 2003 and something had just been invented. You might have heard about it. It's called the Internet. You know, it was very (laughs) primitive back then, very primitive. Uh It was so primitive, in fact, you had to get on by dial-on connections. And 
you had to use a language called DOS to get on because computers had very, very, very little knowledge. You couldn't even get on any other way. But I had friends that were nerds, and they helped me get on. And I looked up every disease that looked like ALS but was not ALS. And you know, at the end of the day, I found a doctor in Colorado Springs, Colorado, by the name of David Martz. He was a doctor that had symptoms very similar to mine, but he progressed much more rapidly. And at the end of the day, he was on his deathbed when doctors from around the world were coming to see him. And a doctor came up from Texas and looked at David and said, David, you do not have ALS. I think you have been bitten by a tick, and I think you've got something called chronic Lyme disease. Well, David was dumbfounded. He had never heard of that. In fact, most doctors had not heard about it at that time. And he said, well, what do I do? The doctor from Texas said, you need to do nothing. All you have to do is take some medications, and if I'm better, you will get better rapidly. Well, David took the medications, and like Lazarus, he arose from the dead. He was back to his usual self within one week. And then he started a clinic treating people with weird diseases like this. So I knew I had to get in touch with David. I knew I had to go down and see him. So I phoned every hospital in Colorado Springs, and I got in touch with them. You know, a doctor can get in touch with any other doctor just by calling around and introducing himself. And I found him at the Methodist Hospital in Colorado Springs, Colorado. And we talked for hours. Then he said, can you come down and see me? And I said, when? He said, right now. I said, David, it's Thanksgiving Day in Canada. My wife has just arranged for 50 people to come over. He said, well, aren't there any planes in Canada? He needled me into coming down. I knew I had to do it. So I went and explained this to my wife. And she said, you're going away again? I said, yes, dear, this time it's important. And when I explained it to her, she was totally understanding. She knew I had to come down. She said, go. If this will help you, of course you must go. I got on a plane from Edmonton to Denver. It was a great plane. Then I got on a little plane, a little puddle jumper from Denver to Colorado Springs. The flight was only 15 minutes long, but it was the flight from hell. You see, at the end of the day, Mm -hmm. air comes off the desert, and it causes that plane to go through eddies, and it drops over and over and over again. It's like the drop of doom times 15 times 20. And when you get off that plane, you get off green. And that's what I did. I Mm -hmm. literally crawled off the plane. When I crawled off, there was David on the tarmac to meet me. You know, back then, that was allowed. We didn't have these high-security things and so on. He was a well-known doctor, so he went right up to the plane to meet me. And he said, you are not looking good. And I said, I'm not feeling good. And he said, well, it's probably what you're going through. This is a good uh, analogy of exactly what you're going through. And we talked for hours. And at the end of that, he said the magic words, I think history is repeating itself. I think you have exactly what I have. And I'm going to treat you, and you're going to get better. So I maintained, wow, it was. I maintained my status as a leading cosmetic doctor until I walked away from dermatology uh, about a year ago. And You know, when you go through this, Sister Jenna, you look around, you look for the pieces, you look for the answers, and you either become hard, mean, and miserable, or you go down that other path. You go through a path where life is full of abundance and you realize those pieces and you want to share with others all the wonderful things that you've learned. 
And that's the path I took. And that's a rich path, I have to tell you. What an interesting turn of events. One of the things I was going to ask you was, what was that psychic feeling you felt when the doctors told you you only had a few months to live? Did you feel like a fog came over you, or you're like, there's no way? Or you're like, what are you saying? Do you recall? Oh, I do recall clearly as day, and I just realized that there was no way that this was true. I knew in my heart Mm. of hearts that this was wrong. I knew that this doctor had made a mistake, but he was limited by the box that he could put me in, and and that's all he could see. He couldn't see beyond that box. I wanted to hear that. That's one of the things I think we have to recognize is sometimes we've got to also be our own doctors to help us through. Harriet, what about you? You've got Mm -hmm. a fascinating life, and I want to hear about it as well. Even today, it's still surreal for me to believe that I'm a domestic violence survivor. Here I was, an international model, walking the runway full of confidence, yet I was a victim of a stalker. Now, my story begins when I just retired from the modeling industry, I decided to take a break from the industry and just focus on my formal education. And it was at the university that I was befriended by a fellow student, and I had no idea that his attraction to me was a psychological trap, disguised as love, that would later on turn deadly. And I was your typical victim of domestic violence. I was young, I was naive, and I didn't even have any idea of the signs or patterns of an abusive relationship, and I was vulnerable enough to trust him. So as I got to know him, he was very abusive. He would hit me, he would yell and scream, but later on, he would apologize. So I thought, oh, that's a healthy relationship. So I was confusing those abusive ways for love. And he got to a point where it was too much. He was stalking me, he was doing things that were not acceptable. So I got a restraining order against him. So I was happy when I got that. I thought life goes on. So I carried on with my life. And then it was one evening. I had been busy at at the university, and I looked at the time. It was late, so I, I quickly put my things away, and I went home. So while I got into the elevator, I was busy looking for my keys, and I was shocked when I felt somebody grab me by my neck. And it was him. He said, how dare you put this restraining order against me? You know I'm the only man in the world who ever loved you. And he just grabbed me from the elevator, and I was screaming, so he took his socks off and stuffed it in my mouth to silence me. Got into the vehicle, and he drove off to a very isolated area. Now, at the time, neither one of us had a cell phone. So as we drove, he saw a telephone booth, and it was help phone. So he asked me to go there and call my parents and say goodbye to them because that would be the very, very last time they would ever hear from me. Do you remember what you were feeling? I said no. Do you remember what you were going through? Were you just confused or were you just petrified or you were just like, I'm going to be okay. What's wrong with this guy? It was a mixed emotion. I was used to his behavior, Mm -hmm. so it wasn't unusual. But at this time, it was even more elevated to another level. Because he had, sure. there was a point there to where he had drove and he had smashed vehicles. He was way over the top. So I was a little more scared than I was before because his anger was totally uncalled for. That was his boiling point. He decided, this is enough. How dare you have this restraining order against me? 
So when I said no to him, he got even more angry. How dare I say no to him? So he yelled again and said, Harriet, I'm going to ask you one more time. In the back of my vehicle, I have a rope, a knife, and gasoline. I am going to throw your body down, wrap you up with a rope, cut your body in pieces, and set your body on fire. Now are you going to get out? And I looked at him again, and I said, no, I'm not going to. And he was so angry because I said no to him again for the second time. So he reached over in the glove compartment and took out a knife, and he stabbed me two times on my left thigh, and there was blood gushing everywhere. I blacked out because I don't even remember, even today, how I got from that particular point where I was stabbed to the hospital. Because when I woke up, I could see my father, the police were in the waiting room, and the doctor told my father that the stab wound was so deep and it chipped my bones, I would probably never walk again, or if I do walk, it will be a very difficult process. So when I had the news, I was absolutely shocked. I could not believe that not too long ago, I was a model walking on the runway full of confidence. And now, so the only thing that separated my confidence and my depression was my trauma. I went through the phases of why me, how could this happen, and, you know, go through all those emotions. And when you're depressed, you lose interest in everything that you used yeah. to enjoy. But the interesting thing about it is it's not normal and you feel helpless. But I had a turning point while I was in the hospital when I was going through the physio. It was a little girl that really made me realize that what I was going through was something I could use as a purpose to inspire the world. And life is about connecting the dots. So at the time when I spoke to that little girl, I didn't know what my purpose was. It was later on in life that I connected the dots and I realized I needed to use my trauma to inspire other people who may be going through the same thing or to avoid having other people go through the same thing. So that's how I came up. And I'll use my life as a purpose to make a difference. That's a really powerful story for actually both of you. I think that it speaks volumes. How did the both of you come together to become a team that would really begin to help people to overcome tragedy or trauma and live a better life? I'll start it off and let Harriet finish it because uh, this is the way we do things. We know each other so well from the years we work together. She finishes the sentence that I start, and so it's been Mm -hmm. such an amazing relationship. I cannot believe it. When I went through my trauma, I decided to give back. I was a philanthropist, and I gave to many, many people. And one of the charities I gave to was the YWCA, and they ran an event called the Women of Distinction event. So I was the main supporter of that. Now, that Women of Distinction event, Harriet applied, and she applied for one of the awards. At at the event, I was nominated recognizing women in the community who had made a difference, who had impacted the community. So for me, my category, planning point, we had about 15 women apply, and I was honored to be the recipient of that category, and I won the award. So after the award, I was excited to meet Dr. Laika, so I I asked him to meet me for lunch. I always remind him that I bought him lunch. (laughs) (laughs) Whenever I make him forget. So we met, we talked about uh, our traumas, and we said perhaps one day we should write a book about our story to make an impact in the world. But that was four years ago, and we kept meeting, and here we are today. 
So let's talk about the golden pearls. What mm-hmm. are some of the pearls that we could look forward to in terms of the book that you both put together? Well, let's first start with what a golden pearl is and how a golden pearl forms. That'll give us some substance and meaning. What forms a pearl is an irritation inside of the lining of an oyster. And that irritation gives birth to this beautiful thing called a pearl. Now, there are golden pearls that actually exist in the southern Philippines area and in Indonesia, but it's the trauma that gives birth to that pearl. And that's what happened in our lives. Our trauma gave birth to golden pearls of wisdom. And there were 13 of those, 13 beautiful ones that really enhance everybody's meaning. One of the first ones I would like to speak to is love, because I think we're missing too much love in this day and age. I think we need more love. And I believe that dreaming is stronger than reality. Desire is more important than apathy. Hope is more powerful than despair. Joy always triumphs over their sorrow. And that laughter is the ultimate cure for man's foibles. And I believe love is stronger than hate, the greatest gift of all. Purpose is one of my favorite, but I think the best one that I, I like to share with your audience is forgiveness. Because when something like this happens to both what me and Dr. Laika went through, forgiveness was really one of my favorite. And forgiveness is not easy because we are told to forgive quickly so that we can start healing. And it's not easy. You can forgive when maybe somebody cuts you off for traffic. You can forgive quite easily. For me, what I had to do, because forgiveness is not a natural emotion, what's natural mm-hmm. is hate. So when something that like this happens, you have to use, you use hate as an emotion to remind you of what you love. For example, you can say, I hate cancer because it hurts me to see my father suffering and I feel helpless. I had to use three different ways to learn to forgive. And step number one, write down why I hate and why. I said, I hate my attacker because he put me in the hospital. I hate my attacker because he put a scar on my leg. And then number two was to take the second sentence and turn it into love. I hate my attacker because I love being healthy. I hate my attacker because I love my perfect imperfection. And then the very last step is now you focus on love. Get rid of the hate and just focus on love. I love being healthy. I love my perfect imperfection. And then it just becomes a love journal. Because getting rid of all those negative emotions does you no good. Now, here you are, Harriet, 10 years plus beyond that particular event. And most of the times you have to keep repeating and reoccurring that experience. Does the sharing of it or reliving it by sharing the story, does it still feel real? Does it still give you sorrow or have you moved on? Oh, I've definitely moved on. And I have forgiven him because I think if I hadn't forgiven him, the pain will always be there. But it, I've just cleared my mind. I feel free. I feel lighter. When I talk about it, it's still the emotions are there. I feel the pain in that moment. But I've really moved on. You have developed your passion through Empowered Me. Could you tell our audience a little bit more about it? Empowered Me is an organization that I have here in Canada where it's about empowering young people to be the truest version of themselves. So I help them learn how to take action, and love themselves unconditionally. I go through many, many steps. It's not an easy path, but usually a lot of the people that come in are defeated, they feel helpless, or sometimes some just want to feel better. They're not necessarily in the negative place. They're feeling good, but they want to elevate themselves. So I work with them through that. 
using several tools. And what are some of the tools? Well, because my program is all about visuals, most of the time they come in feeling they have no self-worth. So what I'll do, I'll be, I'll bring like a $20 bill and I'll crumble it up and I'll step on it, I'll dump water on it. And I ask, who wants this $20 bill? And everybody wants the $20 bill. And I ask them why. They say, because it doesn't lose its worth in it. It's still $20. So I'll tell them, same thing for you. You're going to go through pain. You're going to go through sorrow, go through trauma, mm. but you never lose your self-worth. It's part of growth. So it's- nice. Beautiful. If there was one action that you would recommend people taking to begin changing their lives, reading your book, what would that be? I would say gratitude. Gratitude is free and it's easy to do. And it's just be kind. Just be kind to yourself. Be kind to other people. Just do small things. It makes you feel better when you do when you focus on other people. That it's Beautiful. just good energy that you can do. You can go help people, maybe go your neighbor, cut the lawn, go get some milk for your neighbor who cannot go to the grocery store, that sort of thing. Mm. The small steps. We want people to start from where they are, meet them where they are. I really like that. That was beautiful. Dr. Like, I want to come to you as we come to a close to our beautiful conversation. You did a TED Talk, and you also spoke at Harvard University. Could you tell us about these experiences and your expanding speaking career. You know, the TED Talk is probably one of the most nerve-wracking experiences you're going to give. <laughs> I've heard it's, about that. <laughs> it's, it's supposed to be the best talk you're ever going to give in your life, and certainly it I was know. that you're standing on a little red dot with thousands of people looking at you, and you're trying to impart knowledge on people, and that's quite amazing. I also spoke at Harvard under the same situation, and I spoke at something called a Blue Talk, Business, Life, and Universe, and it was again amazing. I was able to give Harvard some words of wisdom on business, which again is a very, very hard thing to do because Harvard is supposed to be the seat of knowledge on everything, but here was a little old me giving some knowledge on that. So again, it was two things that I just love to do in order to share the wisdom that I've accomplished, and I've been able to help people as a result of that. Now, about my speaking career, I speak internationally. I have done that a number of times. So if anybody needs a keynote speaker, either virtually or in life, please get in touch with us, either through my website or through other means. And that's Dr. Alan Lyka. That's D-R-A-L-L-E-N-L-Y-C-K-A dot com. And we would love to help you because we would love to have other people have the knowledge that we've been able to gain. Beautiful. Thank you for sharing. So what are your closing remarks that could inspire someone who's listening today? With everything that's going on in the world right now, Dr. Laika and Harriet, what would you share with folks today to keep them going? What I would like to share with your audience is we are strong and we are very tenacious and we've seen this come and go. We're going to rise above this. So just be kind to yourself, be kind to others, and love yourself completely. And it's not really what happens to you, it's what you do with what happens. And that's really the key of our message and our book. That's really perfect. It's so interesting because being kind seemed to be such a simple thing to do, but it's become one of the hardest things to do for many people. Dr. Laika, what's your closing sharing? I'd love to share that everybody should pay it forward. Go do something for their neighbor that they would not negatively do. And I'd love to give people 52 golden pearls that they can take one every week to enhance their life. All they need to text to us the word golden pearls to 1-819-717-2515. 
and we will help enhance your life for the next 52 weeks. Wow, that sounds like a great offer. Thank you guys so much, and I'm wishing you really continued success and glory and hope to connect with you in the near future. Well, thank you, Sister Jana. It was a great experience, and I love listening to your podcast. Thank you for letting us... You're welcome. You're welcome, Dr. Leica. You're you're really adorable. You're wonderful, and I really wish we had more time, and we'll definitely be able to revisit our conversation at some point in the future. Harriet, I also feel that there's a lot of scope in terms of our discussion on domestic violence, so I'll also have our producer reach out to you about that because I think it's really an important issue. It has gone up tremendously because of the pandemic, and we want to be able to find ways to help our kids and our ladies who might be kind of in an uncomfortable position. So listen to two mighty, amazing, powerful warriors of our lives. Lots of love, lots of blessings, and stay safe, please. Oh, thank you so much. And you, thank you for having us. We really appreciate it. I look forward to hearing from you again. What an interesting story with Dr. Alan Leica and Harriet Tinka. you got to go check them out, please. I actually wanted to talk more to them but due to our time and restraints. But go to their powerful new book, The Secrets of Living a Fantastic Life, The 13 Golden Pearls Within. To me, I find it to be so hopeful. If you look at them, they're like, how did these two get together? You hear them, brilliant minds. Look, we can go through so many challenges, but the power of your mind and the power of your will will always see you through. And I hope everyone remembers that. No matter what it is, let the power of our will and the power of our belief in something greater than what we're going through, be the real precursor in moving us forward. It's time. It's time for us to use our greatest resource, which is the power of our mind. Remember, no one can take away your happiness unless you give them permission, and we are here to love each other the same. It's time. (laughs) Remember to pause every hour on the hour for your traffic control to send peace to the self and peace to the world so that we can have a better future for our generations to come. Here's Marvin Gaye, what's going on? Take a breath, take it easy, be safe, be kind, spread some peace. Take care.
I'm Sister Jenna. You've been listening to America Meditating Podcast. You can follow us on Twitter, Facebook, and subscribe to our YouTube channel. Did you enjoy that conversation? Because you can also listen to it on Spotify or on iTunes, 24-7, anytime, anywhere. I do trust we all have inner power to become our very best. When we listen with curiosity to learn more, we grow. So thanks so much for tuning in, and do be easy on yourself. Take care.